oh, it's definitely a good thing to break up and move to St. Louis. <laughs> and, you know, I still, you know, yeah, you're a young dude. You gotta, you can't, you can't be doing, there's priorities here, man, priorities. Welcome everybody to this episode of Dojo Talks. Today we talk Dojo Talks Enough. And uh, we are going to get at a few questions around, is anyone ever satisfied? Or do they always want more, 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 more? At least we're gonna find out for these three sensei, which of us is the most insatiable and which one of us is the most easily satisfied. And um, I will kick us off with the first with the first question. And the first question is how high a rating would be enough for you as a player? Is there a rating which you would hit it and you would stop setting more goals to keep going higher? Or maybe you'd keep adding goals, but inside you would know that you were satisfied. Yeah, good question. Actually, I think um, this definitely relates to the topic we did not too long ago when we talked about uh, like adult improvers and uh, trying to raise your rating, especially at like a later age. I think a lot of times people have a specific goal and then uh, they hit that goal and they still feel like they're not satisfied, whether it's like 1600 or 1800, like they still want to go up from, from there. Um, so yeah, shall I go? I, I, can, I think I can go. Okay, go ahead. All right. So for me, chess rating wise, if I got the gm title so let's say like 2500 fide um but specifically the title is definitely more important than the rating itself but if i got the title then i would definitely feel like lifelong satisfied it's like a lifetime achievement award i would definitely still keep playing chess i think as long as i enjoy it keep trying to um, improve but it wouldn't be like yeah anything above that i mean definitely is is uh just gravy um though personally I, I don't feel like my chances to get gm are that amazing so i'm not uh let's say banking my life on getting the gm title i'd be personally satisfied if i remained in i am forever that would be no man there lots of there are lots of ims break. that are that are good people Bulls. and there's no. nothing wrong with them and okay. uh you know i so still want to make the it GM goal but you've also reached a point where you're at peace with the progress you've made on your chess already. Yeah, I think actually I have played enough like good, interesting games mm -hmm. that I don't feel like, yeah, I'm necessarily missing out. Mm -hmm. I still like chess. I'm just trying to say, I think Jesse's misunderstanding me. I'm just trying to say like, you know, I'm happy with like my progress. Great. That's great. You're allowed to say I am enough as I am. And now let's hear from Jesse. Right. So we got this podcast and, you know, we actually had a huge debate before it was like, is it about just some vague uh, adult improver or is it about Neil Bruce? And then Neil Bruce took it all personal. Um. <clears throat> But really, it was interesting, his case, because he was like, I want to be 2200. And he's like 1800. He's kind of like my age or maybe a little uh, older. And so then the question arises, right, for when you're an older dude, and Kosi is much younger than me, 
when you're an older dude, what would be a reasonable ask? And um, for me, it would definitely be returning to where I was. I held 2,500 for like 10 years and then I had kids and then it really tanked. Um, so getting back to playing around that level would be great. That would be great. Uh, is it possible? I don't know. It's, you know, it's basically 100 points away and it is very hard to imagine it at this point. And I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with this rating deflation nonsense that they're doing, but that that might change all of the benchmarks. But I'm just talking the benchmarks as they currently stand. Yeah. I don't believe Kosi at all. I think, dude, he's got to go for it. This is not something he's satisfied with. Forget about it. You got to go. And I think his chances, he just has to start analyzing his games. That's honestly where it's at. He's not doing it yet. He needs to be a little religious about it. It's going to happen. Um, so, and I also felt, even though Dave's a little older, that he was eventually going to return to chess. And I guess time's running out for that prediction. But I still think that's kind of true. I still think David's coming back, dude. You know, because David stepped away, like, right as the GM house was actually forming. You know, he started going to chess.com, and then it was like 2008. I was like, boss, this is this is something you will eventually have to come back to. But he left it kind of like full force right around 2008, I feel. But I'll I'll let him speak for himself. Yeah, David did have a very good event in Spain recently, so mm -hmm. maybe there's still some hope. Yeah. Um, for myself, what would be enough? I think that somehow I actually have the personality that no matter how well I play at chess, I want to play better. So I actually suspect, even though I created this topic partly from a place in my thought where I think people should more often think that something is enough mm -hmm. and that we strive too much and too high sometimes. But I think actually when it comes to chess skill, I will always want to play better than I'm playing. Don't think I'll ever be done or satisfied with my rating. Um, you know, I, I have some more realistic goals now than when I was younger, when my goal was to be world champion. Um, and anything else would have seemed unsatisfying, but I still think like, no matter what I ever did, I would want to do more at the same time. What's more important to me when I play chess nowadays than my rating is just trying to play another good game. I'm just always trying to add one more game to my, you know, yeah. little list of greatest hits. And it's just striving to play one good game on one day and then do it again and then do it again. That's kind of my my main goal or chess motivation right now more than the rating. But I would say I'll never be satisfied with my rating. I feel like we have different uh, definitions on what the word satisfied means. <laughs> it's like, I feel like you can be happy with something and still want more of it but mm -hmm. or at least at least you can be not dissatisfied with something yeah and then still want i mean yeah because I, I agree with you i think almost everyone wants to like improve their rating or like play better than they are i mean it's just like very hard not to if you uh care about chess um yeah but i feel like you can still be like i don't know proud of your skill that you've achieved so far 
you recognize that you're just better than like 99.9999 like a lot of nines like percentage of people that have like ever ever touched the pieces yeah i think i'm not satisfied with like my rating or how high i got or the games i've played um i don't think that i beat myself up about it as much as like a younger version of me did you know like i'm not torturing myself about it but i feel like for the talent and opportunities that i had that i didn't do a lot of what i could have done you know like i should have you know started end games should have should have started studying end games sooner i shouldn't have kept following certain decision making processes of avoiding end games and avoiding certain like structures and just like staying in a certain I mean, I tried to play a variety of openings, but I still, to some extent, stayed in certain lanes and left myself with holes that I didn't work on and I should have worked on them sooner and I should have, you know, gotten better than I got, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think I'm not very impressed with my own level. Mm -hmm. Dang. I think one thing that's interesting about the rating is, um, <clears throat> this relates to our previous podcast, <clears throat> is with basically everything in life, I think what happens, it's a very unfortunate part of the human condition, is that no matter what you are striving for, if you actually achieve it, it will no longer be enough, right? You will then be like, oh, well, I could go further. <laughs> but with chess, I think, at least in my, having done this a while, I feel like um, there is a certain barrier after which it's then unrealistic. And part of that whole discussion we had in the last podcast was a little bit about that. So for example, I can imagine with a lot of hard work that I could get back to 25 something. But if you guys see me approaching 2600, either rating deflation happened or I have a phone taped to the toilet in the bathroom. You see what I'm saying? Like there, yeah. there is a limit to what cry could do, especially now. Um, so I, I do feel like there, there is an endpoint to what is realistically possible for my own chess yeah. improvement. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me give you guys another one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how many hours of chess in a day or week is enough for you? Um, this, I guess, I'll go first. The, um, for me, it's really nice if I can do the first three hours of the day. Um, three hours after which I'm mostly exhausted. Sometimes I do a little bit more, but especially now, like when I have some games to review, it's really great, man. It's really solid work. I feel afterwards, I feel like I've just worked out or something, you know, like my mind is like kind of glowing and I feel like uh, a, not only a stronger player, but chess is more interesting to me. And without that, chess does not feel interesting. You know, you, if you start looking at the computer or whatever, it just starts feeling dull. Um, there's no new ideas. So I think three hours is good. If maybe even if it was just three hours, five days a week, which is kind of where I am right now, leading up to the St. Louis event, that's perfect. Dude. Yeah. Nice. Solid. Uh, honestly, I'm happy with like one hour. <laughs> it mm -hmm. ebbs and flows. Um, but yeah, I'll have periods lately where uh, like Jesse, I kind of, uh, not when I'm traveling, but I try to study like first thing in the morning and that actually is really enjoyable. Like when you just have like a physical board, usually I'm looking at a chess book, either playing through some games, um, or going through some examples and sometimes I'm too busy. I can't even do that. So all my work is on the, 
on the computer, uh, which is unfortunate. But um, yeah, when I'm able to get in just like even an hour of like OTB work and just looking at like feeling the chess pieces and moving them myself and like looking at the board, that actually feels really, uh, really nice. I would enjoy more though. I would enjoy more. Mm -hmm. But you feel like once you get like an hour, you're not complaining about you didn't get to do enough chess. Yeah, 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 exactly. I don't feel depleted yeah. if I at least get an hour in. Yeah. For sure. well, just for reference background, like what is the most you've ever consistently studied chess? Like at some period of, because everyone has a period where they're just voracious. Like you wouldn't be 2,400 if there hadn't been some period of time when you were living and breathing it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, there was um, a few phases when I was working towards the IM title where I would be spending um, just just like all day, basically, like maybe um, maybe like four to six hours of like chess work. And then the other hours I'm like either giving lessons or like prepping lessons. So I'm still doing chess stuff, but it's like, yeah, it was like four to six hours of where I'm at like a chess board or looking at openings or solving something. And yeah, that was fun. I mean, no, that was awesome. I mean, I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm living like an athlete basically. It's just my, my job is just training. Everything I do is like supports the training. That was super fun. Um, these days now I have a ton more priorities and stuff, especially with, uh, with Dojo that I yeah. can't wake up and just be like, oh, the training is my priority. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was an enjoyable time. I do want to get back to that at some point. Maybe if this Dojo house thing works out, then I could see myself getting tons of hours every day, uh, especially yeah. if there's always chess players around. Yeah, always someone else doing it with you. How about you, Jesse? What's like your hmm. max? I feel I feel like there's if you divide it between uh sweat work and easy work, then even now I'm doing loads of hours, right? Because let's say I do 3 hours solid hours in the morning, then I have I have lesson, I have dojo stuff, content creation. <clears throat> Dude, it's not stop. It's not stop. And then when I was you know, doing the uh, going for the GM title, it was kind of similar. I do about three hours of sweat work. I didn't call it that then. I didn't know the distinction, but I did about three hours in. And then I would like play blitz. I do some puzzles. I would do uh, I was also doing content creation lessons, the whole thing, you know. And that other stuff, it's not it's not as effective as the sweat work, but you can't really do that much more of really intensive work than three hours a day. You just get cooked. That's I think I've seen that with other people too. You can do it a couple of days, but then you're going to, you're going to flatline, you know, you're going to, you're going to crash. That's interesting. I definitely could do more than 12 hours a day and did for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I guess it depends on, on people, but I didn't crash at all. I loved it. Um, well, how would you break nowadays, that time up? What's that? How would you break that time up? Like, what would you spend your time uh, doing? Meals and physical exercise and nothing else in the day. But he's asking, like, what were you doing? Yeah. During the chess work? Mm -hmm. One month, I was mainly working on Voretsky's Endgame Manual. Mm -hmm. One time, that was, like, that was a good stretch. Actually, maybe it was two months in a row that I was working on Voretsky's Endgame Manual. And I did that about you know, maybe eight hours a, d a day yeah. of the end game manual and maybe about, you know, maybe about two to four hours of studying 
um, some GM games in openings that I was interested in, and then some Blitz for fun on top of that. Nice. I mean, I love the red ski, but yeah, I think after two hours, I'm ready to just take the buck and slam it against my. <laughs> it was it was intense, but I mean, but like me and 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 Alan, who I was doing it with, we just got into a thing where it was like you're like it's like you can run forever, you know, like you found your pace hmm. and you've forgotten the pain and everything else, and you just you just go forever, and it was great. Um, and I think interspersing it with like, with, you know, 60 minute, 30 to 60 minute physical sessions was good for us mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. keep the mental thing going. But anyway, back to our question of enough for reference now back and back then I was like, you know, th so thirsty for it. And I still feel like I could spend a million hours in a row on chess and I wouldn't be bored. I'd be enjoying it. But now I don't have that burning need to, you know, drop everything else and just do it. Um, whereas then, like, obviously I chose to just forget about everything else. Um, now, I think one of the important things for me is that I would like to play some tournaments. And to me, either three, probably three tournaments a year would be enough. Maybe four. Somewhere in there. And I would say, like, okay, like, that's that's pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that. And then, you know, if a tournament is, is 10 rounds, then I probably need about 100 hours to analyze the games um, between each tournament, three tournaments, 300 hours, analyzing the games. So, and then maybe like 50 hours more. So, honestly, Honestly, like maybe one and a half to two hours a day of real chess work could be enough for me now, plus three tournaments. I'd feel pretty good with that. Yeah, four tournaments would be amazing. You get one tournament every quarter, one every I know. three months, just like It'd be amazing. Slam it down. But I think I might already be satisfied at, at three if they were really good ones and the games were interesting enough to study for a while. <clears throat> Right. Yeah. Next question. Next question. Let's go. All right. So now we're going to shift a little away from the personal to the dojo. Unless either of you has something personal that you're interested in and want to know about. No, that's good. All right. So the first dojo question is how many followers and viewers uh, do you do you feel would be enough? for the videos you produce and the streams that you do, like how big an audience would you need before you said, that's good. We don't need to grow the dojo anymore. Well, there's a couple and, numbers here. There's number of just like pure followers, like YouTube subscribers, Twitch followers. And there's also um, like training program subscribers, people that are actually like we would consider uh, like our students and our members, which is a much smaller number, but I think also, also important. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, Jesse, you have a you have a number. Well, this is first of all one of the perfect examples of where if we ever achieved a goal, it would just still be like, oh, <laughs> we can make it bigger than whatever goal it was that was achieved. And I think actually one of the problems of the dojo 
comes up sometimes is like, well, we don't actually have a vision of like where a, a landing point or a stable point would actually be. Um, I think in terms of the health of the community, we're already at a point where there's enough people that each cohort has enough interaction. I will say though, that if we had more people, it would definitely be better because there are people who sometimes say, I have a hard time finding sparring partners. And so the more people we had, obviously it would be more conducive for people in a given cohort to be finding people to be doing stuff with. Also, the more people we had, we would have the ability to have more um, in real life meetups where people could do trainings in real life as well, which is also a, a, be a huge bonus for the dojo. And slowly, I think we're moving into both of those directions. So um, I don't have, you know, the sky's kind of the limit in terms of the number of people, um, but definitely more. And I think what's psychologically interesting is like, you know, every day grinding at the dojo doing, you know, streaming or whatever it is you're doing, it is uh, very unsatisfying when the numbers drop, it feels like death. It feels like, oh man, that <laughs> feels really disheartening, man. <clears throat> so there is a really interesting psychological feature of just what growth is, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I feel, I heard this quote is really interesting recently where somebody said, you know, burnout happens when growth stops. Like you think you're burned out because of such and such, you've been working too hard, but actually it's like, you're missing the positive feedback loop of whatever it is project you're doing that it's not growing anymore, you know? And I think that applies to a variety of the questions that we're probably going to be talking about today when we think about like how much is enough. But I think it would be good to sort of set aside some of that emotional reaction and sort of try and like cut out that, um, just, just cut out that whole response and, mm -hmm. and know what you're trying you know, have a picture of what is that landing place, right? Like how mm. many people do you want? And, uh, you know, you're working towards that and, and you're satisfied if you're there and, and not be so in the ups and downs of, you know, more and less viewers and subscribers and all that. Right. Actually, I just had a flashback, David. So we were at the GM house and there was some moment where you were really happy and it was like a milestone for chess.com because it was like, Chess.com had a million games played in a day or something. And now that number has just exploded, dude. <laughs> I don't know what it's at now. But, you know, it's obvious that was like 2010 or 11, you know, probably 2010 when that happened. And, you know, so obviously they got to some number and they're just going to keep going. And there's no need to have a stable resting place in terms of the number, right? Mm -hmm. But when you look into somebody else's house, is it more obvious what I was trying to say? Like, if you look at chess.com, imagine somebody saying, like, we had 13,000 new signups today, but we had 15,000 yesterday. Like, oh, gosh, this is terrible. Like, couldn't you be like, you guys have 160 million members? Like, it doesn't matter <laughs> how many more people sign up. Like, it's already everything is above enough. Like, just All right. just just be okay with it. I don't know. I think it's just very natural for humans to always want more. I mean, if you're not, uh, if you have nothing to strive for, you know, you're not really, not really living, right? You got no, yeah. no well, goals. You could, you could stop and enjoy what you have. 
Well, but well, let that me runs also out. Put it, <laughs> I'll also put it this way for the dojo. I think it's really interesting is that I would say recently, the last year, we have really improved the site. Jack has done some amazing work. We're also doing some interesting stuff. Uh, the site, I feel, is much better. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like a thing of we built something amazing and, you know, there's a lot of resources that went into building the thing. And in order for it to keep becoming amazing, right, I think we still need more and more people and more and more resources to, you know, funnel that, you know, project of just going, get, continuing to get better. Um, I think I, I want to say, actually, I'd say the last year is far better than any expectations I had in terms of the quality of the site. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just doing stuff now with the game editor and I'm just blown away that basically, let me just put something in context. One man in the dojo, one created something that is better than the chess.com uh, analysis thing. Conceivably better. There's you could argue with the Lee chess. I think it's better than the Lee chess better than the chess space thing. And it's like, how, how did that happen? That's a miracle, man. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what I think of it, like improvement would be improvement to the quality of the site. And I'm just saying to myself, well, if we improve the quality of the site, that also just naturally means an improvement in the number of people that are right. In the site. But let's say you knew in advance that you were just going to have, you know, X people using the training program mm -hmm. and Y people watching the content, right? And even if you improve it, that number's not going to go up. There would still be value in improving it for the people who you know are using it. It's a you know big chunk of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you know there could still be satisfaction there without it having to grow as a response to it being better. What's your number, David? I think for the training program, which is which is interesting, Jesse brought it up. It wasn't my original question, but I, I thought about it while he was answering. I think 50 to 100 people per cohort is what we need for the training program to be stable mm -hmm. and good. And personally, I have no need for it to be more than that. Now, sometimes I feel like we've got a piece of work that's like really nice, like something in the training program, right? Or even just an individual video it could be something much smaller. And then there's a part of you that thinks like, oh, like it would be great if more people like used this thing or saw this thing because it would be good for them, right? Um, but then I try and like remind myself, you know, maybe those other people are already doing something that's just as, as good somehow. You know, maybe they've got like a coach who teaches as well as us or better or they've got this or that going on and that thing's good too. So you know, with that, I remind myself that just because like we did something great, it doesn't you know, not everybody needs to use it. Uh, so then on to like followers and viewers. I feel like as long as so there's a separate question, which is the financial side. So I'm going to leave that out for now. Um, I think that for me, a hundred actual people like watching and engaged you know, not just like leaving it running or whatever it might be, right? But like 100 people actively engaged with each video or stream is enough. I'm well, happy. Let's, that makes let's it differentiate worth doing that it. though a little bit because the the Twitch, 
dude, we hardly, sometimes maybe we get 100. Right now it says we have 78. Who knows how many right. people there are actually paying attention. But the YouTube, there's thousands, dude. It's thousands right. and thousands. Even for a, a, even for some, you know, not so special video, there'll be thousands of people watching. Even with the thousands, I don't necessarily know if those people watched the whole video or clicked on the video and then clicked away after five seconds. But if more than 100 people are watching it, then I am already satisfied. That's enough. One thing that's funny, actually thinking back on the expectations and hopes of the dojo is that I remember vividly when we started, <clears throat> so this was in 2000, that, excuse me, 2020, that there was really, the hopes were pinned really on growing Twitch and YouTube. And we were slaying ourselves with both of those things. And I think there was definite disappointment well, I'll speak, I'm pretty sure for, from. I'll just speak for myself. There's definite disappointment that we didn't crush it on the level of the just couple people who made it. And so let's just say in both mm -hmm. Twitch and YouTube, there's really only just a couple people who are making, right? In terms yeah. of like making money, but also getting a crushing amount of views. And we have a channel, for example, that we can communicate to people with. There's people who follow us I, and it's actually stunning. I think we get like 50,000 views, I don't know, every 48 hours or something like that. I could check. But in any case, it's it seems like a lot. But then compared to the like the big streamers and whatever, it's very little. And we make, base, despite all those views, we make nothing. We make nothing yeah. <laughs> of those views. So that was a big, I will say that was a big disappointment. And then could we imagine becoming like one of those huge ones? I don't know. I don't know. At this point, I've kind of scaled back my hopes for both Twitch and YouTube. Yeah, to be mm -hmm. honest, I don't see us becoming um, super popular with the masses just based on the content we're making right now. I think it's mm -hmm. very much skewed towards the higher level of chess, even if that just means like above 1200. That's like mm -hmm. more than, you know, 90, 99 percent of people basically <laughs> that we're kind of excluding um, by not making like really low level like beginner content um i could see us eventually being in a place where we're because i have wanted to make content like that's for very low rated players but kind of uh talking about like fundamental chess strategy and stuff okay just hasn't happened yet but um yeah i think if we really wanted to grow that's the kind of content that we would uh likely have to make um yeah so creatively speaking i definitely with you guys that it's like it's just nice to have uh people that are into the channel and like super fans um i think we definitely have like a great like audience um that we've built up over the last couple of years which is very cool um i feel like we've got a great brand like people kind of know about us and know what we do um even if they haven't seen too much of our our stuff um which i think is cool um so yeah it would always be nice to get bigger i think in terms of the program right now um we've got something like 1500 a little over 1500 students i think um a cool number for me would be to get that up to like 2500 so david was saying about 50 to 100 people per cohort we have like 22 cohorts i think so basically it's like close to like 2000 2200 members 
Um, yeah. I see the number of students in our program as like our rating. So if we got to 2,500 students, uh, that would, I feel like that's just really, that's what I want. 2,500 feeding, 2,500 students. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like the site is cool. And, you know, I don't see why it couldn't go to um, like 10,000 for example, like mm -hmm. right now we've got this very, I would say very, very tight knit community. A lot of people know each other. They train together. They go to tournaments together. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I feel like our site can be not just, um, not just specifically like the, the chess dojo training program, but just like a good training chess site in, uh, in general. Um, so people don't, necessarily have to even be fans of us in order to get a ton of use out of the the site currently i think that is the case i think people really have to be like into our philosophy and into our mm. um teaching the way we train the things we focus on like classical chess sparring sweat work this kind of stuff people really have to be into that i think to join the site um i feel like we could be could offer a little bit more broader value without being as like specific but um yeah i don't I don't really see a reason uh, why we can't grow much beyond. But personally, I, I mean, I think I'm closer to David where I feel like 2,000, 2,500 students, that's, that's like a great amount where there should be enough people where uh, you have always someone to spar with. You can run like regular tournaments. Um, mm -hmm. I think our wider community would be nice if that was bigger, especially so that there's more of a playing pool for people uh, as we run our own events. Um, yeah. I don't know if I gave a number for YouTube. I think we're just over 55, 56,000 subscribers right now. 100,000 would be cool, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get there. I don't know. YouTube is very gradual, but it just it's always kind of building. Um, mm -hmm. Beyond that would be cool too. And one thing yeah, I would so just like what what would be like a what would be enough in terms of like YouTube? Like is there any reason like other than it's a random number like for 100,000 versus 50,000? Like is there a point where yes, you Yes, actually like, at 100,000 they um you get to 100,000 subscribers, I think YouTube sends you a little plaque. There so we go. It's kind of like the first YouTube title, I believe you can uh, achieve. Uh, YouTube title, yeah. Okay, like candidate, candidate creator. Exactly. <laughs> and then we can participate in like the YouTube title Tuesday, you know, all this stuff. Right. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, no, it just feels like the first round number that's, um, yeah, uh, kind of, kind of cool. Mm -hmm. The other thing actually I should say, David, and for everybody, is that 1,500 sounds like a lot of people, but it's kind of like we have the effect of like a gym membership where there's people who of that 1,500, there's only about 40, we, we calculated it out to be 40 some percent who are active on a weekly basis. So you do have a bunch of people who are just kind of dead weight. And then so 1,500 would be like, David was saying of like 100 per cohort or 50 or cohort, great, but it's actually not there yet. So mm -hmm. 2,500, if we had 40% of that, it would be a much richer ecosystem for people to find training partners like on the fly, right? We want people to be able to come to the site and they want to do some rook end game thing, boom, they can find somebody fairly quickly. And at the moment, we just don't have enough people for it to be working. It, it works. Yeah. But it's not seamless yet. Imagine, yeah, guys, just for a second, we had um, like 10,000 members. Not all of them are active, obviously. So like, yeah, we got the like maybe 40% figure that are active. But yeah, let's say you could go to the site and be like, I want to spar some Rick End games. And it's like, oh, there's 10 people available right now. 
right. that would be yeah that would be amazing that would be amazing yeah and i i do feel like you know until we reach that point that is a really good reason to keep striving forward you know and trying to let more people know about our program right but i also think once we reach that point like i would feel satisfaction and not just be like oh the next number is 20,000 the next number is right, 25,000 right. like for me and it sounds like we're sort of in agreement like when we reach a point where people can seamlessly find sparring partners, training partners quickly, mm-hmm. then the program is just a success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, you don't, yeah, you don't really need more people. The whole point of having lots of people around is that you get training partners and you get access to this community. We all believe in the power of training partners. Like we were talking about it earlier. Like I was saying, like, um, forgetting now if it was on the podcast or not but when i improved the most i was living with a chess player who was a master level player and we would just train all the time together so yeah like the value of training partners is uh is huge so once people are able to find them um pretty quickly then yeah that's awesome yeah and having veteran members who understand the value of the training partner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is like it's not a lot of people they join the program they don't immediately like understand that they've got to start working with other people or they don't believe it or they're shy and like they see it suggested and they're like but maybe i can just do all the tasks mm-hmm. um so the more people we have who really get it and and the community like everybody gets it and is working together that's going to be great um on to my last question sure the last question is how much income would be enough for the chess dojo and or for you guys personally, I guess, you know, given your share of, of the dojo or whatever, I don't know. You can break it down however you want. Give us talk money. That's <laughs> oh talk some money. A billion dollars. <laughs> well, I say, you know, one thing is interesting with me and Bruce to see it. So like, for example, Bruce and I politically are just totally different, dude. I'm not a communist. But personally, we're kind of the same in that we're not interested in buying stuff. So it's an interesting thing where I'm not interested in buying stuff. Like I've never been interested in having a nice car. Don't need clothes or whatever. It's just even the act of buying stuff is an onerous task for me. I don't really want to even take the time to buy stuff. Um, so money is more like just having a comfort, uh, level. Like I don't have to worry about it. I definitely lived. One of the reasons I'm so comfortable with is I lived poor for so long. I was a student forever. I was, a I am forever running around a little tournaments and stuff. So poverty and me got to know each other very well. So I don't, yeah, I don't really feel too much like I need money, but once you have kids, Kosia, then it becomes this tricky little game where you never, there never actually isn't enough because you never, there's so much uncertainty uh, that you feel like the need to be like, oh man, I, I, I don't even know how much. I don't even know. <laughs> as, as For myself, no problem. But then with the kids question, it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, I got this nagging need and I don't even know how much it is I'm supposed to have. You know, so I'm not, I don't need a lot of money, but sometimes it, I, I don't know. It, it starts turning over in my mind just because with the kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it does feel like children are very expensive. You know, I want to maybe get a dog at some point. That feels oh, don't expensive. Do that. Don't do that. You can't travel. You got to, you can't be doing no, no chess you, players can't have dogs, dude. 
That's a well known. Uh, you got the community. You can um, get a cat, dude. Take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Golden nugget. Golden nugget that came out of this whole episode. Get a cat, not a dog. <laughs> I'm a good chess player. You can leave the cat at home, dude. You can't be a chess player and no, have I want, a dog. I, a... I want a cat too, but I also want a friend. You know, I, I don't want just a cat. <laughs> then get a lizard, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know what this number is. I mean, it's hard because it also, you know, it inflates every year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, smoothies used to be like six, seven dollars. Avocado toast, dude. That used just, to be just really give it to us. Just give it, in, it to us in January 2024 dollars, and people can adjust for inflation. Like next year, they can double it, etc. Yeah. Um, <laughs> double. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. So right now. Um, I think I need to make like forty to fifty thousand a year to cover my expenses. Um, yeah. which doesn't actually I don't think that includes a ton of traveling. So if I want to also travel for tournaments, that number needs to be like like ten thousand higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's me living single. You know, like in St. Louis, which is not that expensive. If I want to have like two kids and then a house with property taxes and then the kids want to go to college and then there's like a dog and a cat in the equation you bring a cat into it now too man you just put your know, expenses are going through the roof dude yeah i want a dog and a cat i mean <laughs> you gotta they're a team they have different the strengths pets, the pets you want are a bishop not that and a knight compared to college and <laughs> property tax <laughs> i don't know i i'm I'm scared of pets because it feels like it feels like they are expensive because there's just so many like like extraneous expenses like okay you got to immediately buy like like a leash and a carrier and all this stuff and then it's like oh you got to get your shots and then you have like this other appointment and then it's like oh you want membership to this like pet thing then you got to pay this fee uh, apartments you can sometimes buy a new charge leash more. every day and it won't compare to your property tax. Got to get the dog food. In fact, you could go to a pet store and buy leashes like as fast as you can physically buy leashes and it won't <laughs> match up with your property tax. Yeah, <laughs> well, one thing actually I'll say that uh, on this is in terms of the dojo, it would be great if the dojo was making enough so that we didn't feel we had to do other things. Right? Yeah. Lessons or whatever it is. Chessable yeah. courses, yada, yada. You know, that would yeah. be a cool number i don't even know what that is but that would be a nice number yeah yeah i agree i mean i i envision i envision a fourth sensei for sure Mm. yeah you know and uh i i think like the company could easily be like you know seven people big instead of five as it is now very easily oh it's much bigger than seven Seven full time equivalent. Not full time, but we got a lot of part time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, like you know, full full partners who are getting, you know, a share of the. Oh, in terms of partners, then yeah, five. Yeah. Something, something like that, right? Um, so I think, I think for that, you know, we'd probably need to be in the range of four hundred thousand dollars a year. Of Dojo White. Yeah. 
It's a lot. Yeah. To be able to offer four four teachers plus, you know, scintillating new features on the website. Scintillating even. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's not too crazy. So we gotta like increase by like two point five X basically. Maybe three. Yeah, just about three X basically. And then I think um from my perspective, that would be enough. It would be like a little bit close for comfort. It wouldn't be like, like it could lead you in a place where like if 10 people cancel their memberships, you start worrying about growing the dojo again next month or whatever. But I, I think around there would be fine. Yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> time to get the kids to work. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, hilarious. Yeah, we got a work cut out uh, for us. But see, the, I mean, I don't know. I think this is why this idea of enough is so strange. Because once you're at enough, you you know, you lose your motivation. You stop working. Um, then it feels like, yeah, you lose. I don't know. It's fun to work. It's fun to progress towards something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. Yeah, it can be fun to work towards more, but at the same time, feel like it's enough, right? Like the like the perspective that you gave us on your rating at the beginning, right? Where you were saying like, you can be satisfied with what you've achieved and still enjoy working to get better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, th- I mean, right? that, versus, that's ideal. Versus like those feelings that I express around my chest level, right? Of just being like unsatisfied with what I did with what I had. That's that's a different feeling, right? Of really feeling like, yes, I need more or I didn't get enough, right? Like you could have a certain amount of money and feel jealous of people who have more than you, or you could have a certain amount of money and be like, I'm 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 fine. I've got what I need. Right. Right. So I, I think I think yes, if we had four hundred thousand dollars of income and we were and you know, we could choose to only do, you know, the dojo activities we wanted to and lessons and keep things running. I think, um, I think of course we could still continue to work and, you know, improve features and see if more people want to use our, our stuff, but at the same time have a feeling of like, we made it work, right? Like people are enjoying our product. We're enjoying making it and we have enough money that we're not spending all the time worrying about having more of it. Well, I'm definitely super proud of what we have achieved so far. Like, we got a ton of people that have legitimately improved their chess, like, won tournaments or, like, won class prizes, mm-hmm. up their rating, rediscovered their love for the game, like, like countless yeah. people. So that has been super cool. So, yeah, I'm definitely very proud of what we've uh, accomplished. Yeah, uh, the total so dojo points served kind of thing, right? The total rating points gained by members of the dojo program. That's a fun number. You could talk about what's enough, but I mean, I think like that's that's really fun to to rack up that number. Mm-hmm. And it's at a pretty good place. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're having a hard time tracking the exact number, but I think it's actually like well over 100,000 rating points right now that people have gained. Uh, mm-hmm. collectively throughout the dojo which is super cool and that only counts like we're only counting like one rating per person so that means someone logs in they choose their lee chess rating or their chess.com rating and then we track how many points they gained 
via that. But that same person probably also gained leech chest points or USCF points. And so we're only just tracking one of their readings. So even with that, it's like 100,000. Um, although, okay, it would be, it'd be a lot if we track three, <laughs> three ranks per person, but yeah, so I think that's a more legitimate way to kind of look at it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's huge. <laughs> okay, let's wrap it up. That was good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That was fun. Well, I'm, I'm happy, you know, if I were to wrap it up, I would say I am in a place of satisfaction with the answers that the two of you provided. I'm <laughs> <Great>. glad <laughs> to hear that it wasn't a more overwhelming, more, 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 more that, that you each could envision, like, you know, at a similar place as me, maybe like having a, an income that works where we don't need to always be grow, grow, grow. And, uh, you know, having a reasonable sized community. I think we, it's great that we have a shared sense of what Jesse said we didn't have before, but I think we've kind of hammered it out a little bit today, right? What is like the shape or picture of a self-sustaining, successful dojo where mm -hmm. we don't need to be striving. We can, and we probably will, but we don't need to, right? And we can feel satisfaction instead of wanting. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm happy too. But I do want us to take over the chess world. I mean, that'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, we're stopping the episode yeah. there. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> See you next time. Did you recently get mated? Well, it's time to join the Chess Dojo training program. Or maybe you just enjoy this fine content. Give us some money on the Patreon. I need to keep the lights on. And with inflation, it's really hard for Costia to be buying that avocado toast. Beautiful. By the way, Jared McDonald says we want to do club referrals and club discounts. Yeah, that's on that's on the project list, dude. And not mm. only that, but like the really cool thing, we're talking about making the site better, but Jack has got the ability now with the scoreboard to create individual scoreboards for clubs. So you imagine coming to the site and you know you got your your um your dojo list there, your cohort list, and then you would have a little icon for whatever club you were in and that could be a high school club it could be a, a regional club like maybe you're from denver you know maybe you're from baltimore and then so those people have the ability then to hang out with each other like you could see each other's progress and then of course spar together and like for example i was on a high school team way back in the day and it was just some math dude he was just chilled out bro and he was just like yeah you can study you can play chess at lunch, what did we do? We played some blitz chess at lunch in his room. And if we had had a, the training program to like direct us, dude, oh man, oh man, could have been something. As it was, we were kind of just studying on our own, you know? So that's, that's my big dream is especially to get into like some of these scholastic programs, especially high schools and Krabby Crab School. We want Krabby Crab School. Yeah. Also, I think it's it's not like a long-term thing, but I think short-term, it would be really beneficial for us to have a marketing person, like a dedicated marketing person to mm. work on our program for, I don't know, a year. Yes, 100%. And just try and help us like get to get the word out more to some, you know, 
clubs like Jesse's saying and other venues and just like help us get to that self-sustaining mm -hmm. number that we want. And then honestly, we could again stop marketing because, you know, we have enough. Yeah, what we need Krabby Crab needs to talk to some of his high school friends there. And then we need the email list of all the high school chess coaches in America. <laughs> That's my dream. We get spam that list. Oh man, let's go, baby. Let's go. That's my dream. <laughs> yeah. Need more hands on deck as well. Uh, Abdul's asking a very important question. Uh, I have to still do what K KGB said. He ripped me apart today. Boom. He ripped me apart real bad. Uh, so if this stream is done, I will continue doing that. But I have to ask these guys what they want to do, Abdul. Yeah, Maybe yeah. Jake will join me, too. I, I don't know. I assumed we, we'd be wrapping it up uh, pretty soon here. So you can yeah. just jump on after. That'd be awesome. Cool. All right. David, you going to join me, boss? I can join you for a bit. I've got a okay. weird problem where my computer is slowly dying, even plugged in. So eventually I will get booted. But as long as I can, I'd love to look at chess with you. Okay, yeah, let's do it, man. Now, Abdul, maybe it was a typo. He said, called it sweet work instead of sweat work. And I, maybe I'm just gonna let that one hang, you know, sweet yeah, work. Both. That's pretty good, I like that. Sweet, sweet, sweet sweat work, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone um, for for tuning in and uh, and watching live. Um, actually, there was a comment during that. You know, uh, people would watch more if we actually scheduled the streams. I 100% agree. <laughs> like, that's that's on us. We're just very um, kind of sporadic about when we when we do these. But we do have a calendar, and we do try to use it sometimes. Um, so we will try. <laughs> we will try to um, kind of yeah have these kind of announced um more in advance um and it would be great yeah if we had like some more regular shows when i get back to st louis i will try to establish a more regular schedule where i'm streaming more often people can kind of know when that's happening do more game review uh shows specifically for the program as well it would be cool all right folks take it easy see you next time